0: Today, another hot day in uh, Dallas, and that's why I'm recommending to Stu, he wears sweat block, so the rest of us won't know that he's coming into the room before he comes into the room. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just saying, you know, Stu, Hey, look. you know, you never turn down a mint from a friend because you never know what they're really saying. You know right, what I'm saying? that's true. Yeah. That's very true. Hey, have you tried sweat block? Wh- wh- what are it, you saying? It blocks you know, big
1: sweat, floppy sweat. It is literally impossible to sweat in this room. Yeah, <laughs> it's impossible.
0: And uh, it's a deodorant <laughs> and a birth It is the best. You can find it now uh, on Amazon at Amazon.com, or you can save twenty percent at SweatBlock.com. Use the promo code becksweatblock.com SweatBlock.com. It blocks sweat. <laughs> wow. Who would have known? How did you figure that out? Um, well, I've used it. I, and the name didn't give it away. <laughs> sweatblock.com. Sweatblock.com or find it at Amazon. It's the best antiperspirant deodorant I've I've ever used. Um, all right. We're going to talk a little bit about the White House Correspondents Dinner and uh, the threat to the freedom of speech Next.
1: Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn
0: Beck Program. Imagine if we didn't have the right to a free par- press. We didn't have a right to our opinions online. Because that's what's happening now. If you say something in the public square, you can be shut down. Well, that public square is no longer... You know, in the supermarket or in the town square, it's now online. Uh, Dare I say, the government is trying to build a digital ghetto with a digital wall. You can talk all you want, just on the other side of the wall where no one can hear you. What happens when something like that is the way a country is run? Well, you get things like this. This, coming in from the New York Times President Xi uh, Jinping from, uh, from China went on a big tour of China. He was talking about everything, the Olympics, yada, yada, yada. But he didn't address at all the outbreaks in China, in Shanghai, where they have shut down the entire city of Shanghai. Nobody asked him any questions. He didn't really give any indication that it was even happening in China. That's what happens when the government controls everything. Imagine the don't say gay bill. We'd all think that it was, that Rick DeSantis actually did pass a don't say gay bill. If it wasn't, that we could question thanks, Ron DeSantis. I don't know why I keep calling Absolutely him Absolutely
1: incredible. Uh, Ron you DeSantis. need to learn this man's it's name.
0: <laughs> I got it, I got it, I got it. When he's president. When he's president. <laughs> All right. okay. All right. 94% of Americans are concerned about inflation. Okay. What happens when the press is just allowed to say it's temporary? It's not that bad. It's about to go... It's about to get much better. It's about to go down. This is why Freedom of the Press is so important. We begin there in 60 seconds. With Rick. <laughs> I love him. His brother is much better. Anyway, uh, Kim wrote in about her experience with Relief Factory. She's been taking Relief Factory for about a month now. It is hard to believe, but my my back pain is completely gone. When I first started seeing uh, ads for it and hearing ads, I thought, that's never going to work. I'm now a full-fledged believer. This product is a miracle. Thank you so much, Relief Factor. Kim, thanks for writing in and letting us know. The three-week quick start developed for you is $19.95. It's a dollar a day, like a trial pack, and hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. That says a ton. Go to relieffactor.com or call 1 800 4 relief. 1 1-800, 800, the number 4 relief. Get the 1995 three week quick start developed just for you. It's relieffactor.com. 800, the number 4 relief. Relief factor. Feel the difference. Okay, so what happens when you can't say Rachel Levine is, is a dude, man? It's a dude. It's a dude. Uh, What happens when you say Rachel Levine probably shouldn't be the one we're listening to when she comes out and says pediatricians all agree on the importance of gender affirming care for children? What happens when you can't question things? What happens when you you can't have an opinion? See, this is what the this is what the First Amendment is all about. The freedom of speech, the freedom to to petition your government, the freedom of press. There is a really great book out, um, the Know Your Rights, and Know Your Bill of Rights book, um, and I talk about it in, in my book, Addicted to Outrage, and I talked about freedom of the press and how important it is. It's essential. If we are going to be free, you must be able to tolerate People saying crazy stuff. And when I say you, I especially mean the government. When freedom of press was first and freedom of speech was first put into the Bill of Rights, it was challenged. How far does that, how far does that mean? How, how far can you go? Remember, Edison, it was about 100 years later that he was like, I got a crowded movie theater because we're watching a movie. Don't cry fire. So, you know, it it took about 100 years before we got to that. But you can say fire in a crowded movie house. You can't incite a riot. You can't incite panic. But I've been on stage in several uh, several, uh, crowded theaters all across the country, and I have said from the stage, fire. There were certain things, like the press now is saying, Elon Musk... He's going to let people just say they're going to rape me and give me threats of death on Twitter. No, no, that's against the law. That's against the law. So if you break the law by inciting violence, inciting a riot, well, then that's not freedom of speech. That's breaking the law. Well, what's protected? Your opinion. Even believe it or not, lies or things you can't prove about the government. This is um, this was really well thought out about freedom of the press around the turn of the uh, century in the 1800s. They had the Sedition Act, and that's where the guys who just wrote the Bill of Rights were like, you know what? They're saying bad things about me and the government. I don't like it. And so we went back and forth and they passed the sedition act. Now Woodrow Wilson did the same thing. He tried to do exactly the same thing and stifle people. And now we're doing it again. It rears its head about every hundred years. And that should tell you something. Politicians and people never change. We're having the same argument So how do you how do you punish people? How do when when uh, a an author, an opinion guy like I am, when a newspaper prints something and the government says that's false and the government has all of the tools at its disposal, it can hide documents It doesn't have to, for national security purposes, release certain information when they are the highest authority in the land. And you're like, no, I'm telling you, they're doing this. How do you prove that? And do you want the federal government to be able to say, no, you can't say that. Would you want Nixon to be able to say, To the Washington Post. You can't publish that. Would you want the Pentagon. To say to the New York Times. You can't publish those papers. That stuff never happened. Imagine. Imagine how different. It would be. How does. A government. Ensure. The freedom of the individual and the press if they're the arbiter of truth how do you do that our founders actually came up with a a couple of really good statements truth of opinions can't be proved allowing truth as a defense of freedom is like asking a jury to say What's the best food or drink? It's an opinion. So you can't prove the truth of opinions. So opinion is covered. A citizen should have, and I'm quoting, should have the right to say everything which his passions suggest. He may employ all of his time, all of his talents, and if he's wicked enough to do so in speaking against the government matters. And using things that are false, scandalous, or malicious. Despite this, even if he condemns the principle of Republican institutions. Censures the measures of our government. And every department and officer thereof. And ascribes the measures of the former. And conduct of the latter. However upright. To the basest motive, uh, motives, even if he subscribes to them, measures and acts which never had existence, thus violating at one every principle of decency and truth, he needs to be protected in his speech. Holy cow! You want to know how far it goes? That's it. That's it. This was something incredibly new and novel. No government had ever done anything like this. It was so radical, we're still debating it. That's, that's the key to our founders. They were radicals. So much so that we don't think of this as old, dusty, and irrelevant. That's as irre- that is as relevant today... As anything else. John Thompson wrote. The government cannot tell a citizen. You shall not think this. Or that upon certain subjects. Or if you do. It is at your own peril. This was the first time. The government. Was the slave. Not the other way around. The master was the citizen. We could tell government what they can and cannot do. But we cannot have the government tell us what we can and cannot do. Now, it took about 100 years before all of this was dismantled again. Progressives started to dismantle free speech in the way that it would help them and injure their foes. But John Stuart Mill in his book on liberty said, the silencing of opinion is a particular evil. For if that opinion is correct, then we're robbed of the opportunity of exchanging error for truth. And if it's wrong, we're deprived of a deeper understanding of the truth. In its collision with error. Now, I brought up the progressives because the White House Correspondents' Dinner happened this weekend, and nobody paid attention to it. Nobody paid attention to it because we know who all of these people are. There are three thousand people that attended this, and. They all gave themselves a big round of applause because they all showed their vaccination certificates at the door. That's great. But what is this? How did this even begin? What does this have to do with the DHS and the Ministry of Truth? I'll tell you in 60 seconds. These days kids grow up in a virtual world. They're practically raising each other through YouTube and TikTok, dancing through the shallow world filled with strange challenges and and weird stunts. It's very different growing up today with all that noise in their day. They need help. They need help finding purpose so they don't waste their lives or worse, lose the drive to understand and maintain the liberty that we all share. You need to show them examples of what's possible and connect them with a bigger vision of what other kids have achieved. The Tuttle Times does just that. Tuttle Twins, they have a magazine. It's a monthly magazine for kids from the creators of the Tuttle Twins. And every issue has big ideas that promote personal responsibility and freedom, like, you know, owning their own health and education, as well as profiles about kids who started their own businesses. You can now get access to the magazine at a reduced price for $49 for an entire year. This will inspire your kids and give them examples of other kids doing great things. You know, it's basically what the school does, you know, every day when they get in, when they watch the CNN magazine, you know, right at the beginning of school. That's really... Except it's not like that. In fact, it's probably 100% uh, different than that, 180 degrees in the other direction. This is about personal responsibility and liberty. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get the magazine. Now it's just uh, 49 bucks for 12 months. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. so the president has always had press conferences and what changed um in the 1900s is the the press used to work for the people their their idea was that the people in washington dc are the guys who are corrupt and have power and are trying to steal money and power from the people woodrow wilson and the progressives changed all of that. And they, they changed it. In 1914, Woodrow Wilson decided, I'm not going to give any more press conferences. And he was like, wait, what? And uh, he's like, no, nah, I don't think so. And all of the reporters went crazy. He's like, oh, OK, I'm going to have them from time to time. I'll have them. But I'm inviting only the people I want to invite. That's where the White House Correspondents Association started. They started because they saw the White House as an enemy. And the White House was trying to cut off access. And so the White House Correspondents got together and said, hey, we're the ones going to cover and you don't tell us who's going to be in and who's going to be out. Okay. then Woodrow Wilson had this idea What if we just get them all together and we make friends? We just bring them into our circle. This happened around the same time they were starting uh, with Colonel House, the best friend of Woodrow Wilson, uh, when they started the Council of Foreign Relations. And no matter what it is today, what it was started as was let's get the scholars, the politicians and the media together together. To explain to them so they can understand and explain it to the people because the people are too stupid. This is where you start getting the press looking down their nose at the average American. Before that, it wasn't happening. After the Wilson administration, they start thinking that they are better because they know, because they're informed. They talk to all the experts, they talk to the politicians, they know who they are. We just had dinner the other night and we made mad passion and love after that. And so that's that they start gathering as a group of intellectuals, politicians, and media. In 1920, I think the first. White House correspondent. There's like fifty people there. In 24, Silent Cal goes, and Charlie Chaplin makes fun of him. Um, but it was it was a very small group of just the correspondents, and it was a very small group. And they, they would put you know back in the 50s and 60s, Frank Sinatra would show up and sing, but there was no comedy until the 80s. That's when they started bringing the comedians on, and the comedians. Uh, used to be neutral and kind of, you know, Jay Leno-ish. So it wasn't, you know, nobody's hair was on fire. And then in 94, Don Imus, a good friend of ours, went on uh, went on the stage and uh, started making fun of Bill Clinton and, and, you know, cigars and and everything else. In 94, 90, it was 96, I think. That's when... That's when things kind of changed at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Thank you, Don Imus. But Don Imus was doing something that none of the rest of the press would. He actually talked about it. He burned everybody to the ground. That's what should happen. And that is exactly the kind of stuff this new disinformation governance board uh, is involved in fact we happen to have the clip from the weekend here's uh Mayorkas, uh, uh cut number seven here's this is secretary dhs
2: will american citizens be monitored
1: no oh.
2: guarantee what, that
1: well, so what we do we, we in the department of no, oh, homeland yes. security don't monitor uh american citizens you don't but will we, this
2: board change that
1: No, no no the board does not have any operational
2: Authority or capability what it will do mm. is gather together best practices in addressing the threat uh, of Disinformation okay. from foreign state adversaries. So can can from hold
0: McCart- on just a second. Um, Mr. Secretary follow-up Are you using any other agencies that do monitor? Are you using agencies from other countries that will monitor? They're not going to give you the truth anyway. But whenever anybody in the government says, oh, of course, we are not going to... I can guarantee you they're already doing it. They're already like, oh, yeah. In fact, I knew that question was coming because I've been monitoring between you and your cohorts on the questions that you were going to ask me today. Of
1: course. Of course they're monitoring. I, I love how they they blow it off as like... Hey, we're announcing this big initiative. It doesn't do anything, though. Yeah, whatever. No. Whatever you think it might do, it doesn't it does, do those things. Doesn't. It does nothing. No, it has it's a no total power. waste of time. Don't worry about it at all. Yeah, because no. it's only—it's a positive idea that does not accomplish a thing. <laughs> that, wait, what? The Glenn Beck program. You know,
0: um, we used to think causes were American causes, not conservative causes or liberal causes. One of those causes have has always been taking care of those who put their selves in between us and danger, whether that's the policeman, fireman or military charity navigator rates. Tunnel to Towers, a four out of a four. This is the kind of organization that we should be giving to and kind of organization you can trust. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's heroes and their families. If somebody doesn't come home from military service or first responder and they have young children left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays off the mortgage to lift the financial burden and bring their family to stability. For catastrophically injured veterans, first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free services smart homes so they can live more independent lives. And now Operation Home Base is gifting tiny homes to homeless veterans. Our nation's heroes need your help. Through Tunnel to Towers, donate $11 a month and be a part of this great organization. T2T.org
1: T, the number 2 T.org Glenn Beck's The Great Reset, best-selling book in the country. You can get it at bookstores now or at glensnewbook.com
0: This is the Glenn Beck Program. Pat Gray just uh, joined us in studio, bringing a big box of his uh, Mother's
3: Day cookies. Mm. You mean the ones know. that you can find at Kexi.com? Is uh, that the ones that? I brought? Yes. K-E-K-S-I? com. It is
0: mm. such a great address. Isn't Keksi. it? Kexy.com, Keksi. Yeah. Just Soda. that easy means cookie in like Norwegian, Finish, Finish. yeah, Finish. which we yeah. all speak. But uh, <laughs> right. so, how are things going, Pat Gray?
3: Things are going well. Are we they? had the yeah. White House uh, press correspondence <sighs> dinner, so great, whatever you call it. Yeah, can't believe
0: it's still going on. Quite honestly, yeah, I went. I went one time. Oh, that's right. You uh, I go. forgot Remember? about that. Um, honestly, <laughs> it was the scummiest thing I've ever been to. I I, I left there. And literally my wife and I say, I, I said, I feel like I have to take a shower after that. It was so mm-hmm. scummy. This
1: is not revisionism either. This was literally the day after you said that. Yeah. That, this is not Awful. like you looking back. What was, was it during the Bush administration? No, it was, uh, was Obama the was first Obama? year of the
0: Obama administration. Obama, okay. yeah. yeah. Bill O'Reilly had <laughs> invited me to go and said, come on, sit at the Fox table. And I was like, really, Bill? And he's like, yeah, no, it'll be fun. And if it wasn't for Bill, it was it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been fun but we were making fun of it the whole time Mm -hmm. uh and in it really i couldn't get out of
1: there fast enough it was just so oh dirty it really is incredible that it goes on and it was did they cancel it completely during the trump administration or at least a couple times trump was just not interested in yeah he didn't go and then it became canceled because of covid and they say i mean the left has a narrative that the one, I think it was Colbert hosting it and yeah. Trump was an attendee and they were making fun of him the whole time. Yeah. And they say that that was one of the reasons the, the the legend is that was one of the reasons Trump was like, screw it. I'm running. I'm going after these people. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. We it, should ask him that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's real or not, but I mean, it it's, it's a, that is the narrative of the left. Yeah. They're like, well, we should probably, you know, watch who we make fun of <laughs> yeah. in the future. Cause they'll probably be the next president.
3: I just think that now, you know maybe you stop doing that you stop doing the whole thing really why cuz it's 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 a little like i mean you've got biden talking about his low approval ratings and what's you've got uh trevor noah talking about everything looking up gas prices grocery <laughs> prices uh automobile prices and it it's just reminds me of uh nero fiddling while rome burned it's it's got that feel to it now yeah you got biden standing up saying oh, my my approval rating uh, anyway
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a good line that was the yeah, best that line, was line that was a good line, line. Yeah. that was yeah. line yeah. really funny biden.
3: uh that might have been the funniest line of all but he's talking about his low approval rating these things aren't funny you know, you're the president of the United States, and we're in real trouble right now. Yeah, they,
0: they didn't do this during um, the Great Depression. They had it, but it was very somber. I think you that's know? how it should be. You know, gauge the room a little bit.
1: Um, America is kind of reeling right now. Especially with the devastating losses we have going on right now. I mean, they could have at least done a funeral for CNN+. At the very least, oh, would that's that too been devastating been. to even would talk that have about. them great. Oh, it oh, would have. That's what that you would have done.
3: Oh. If you were...
0: <laughs> oh, I would have. Oh. I would have had the casket brought in and everything. <laughs> you bet <laughs> I would have. That would have been really good. I missed really, really wrecked my chance of ever being a host. Yes, you know what I mean. They learned don't put somebody who does talk radio on stage because they don't care. They don't care. They don't. Care. They don't care. I miss really didn't care and what was he the host of one of these no he was the he was the comedian yeah and yeah, he okay. got up and right. and With he Clinton. burned the house down That's he made right. fun of everybody and then he was like uh uh you know <laughs> how hillary is how hillary doesn't like it when When Bill just pulls up a truck and just says, Hey, babes, get in. And they all get in the back of the truck and it was not good. (laughs) He He doesn't care, though. He He does not care. care. And he was on the air the next day saying, What did you expect me to say? Right. Mm
3: -hmm. That's what I say on the
0: air. You expect Mm -hmm. me to not say it to your face? Of course I will. Right.
3: Although it wasn't as good-natured fun as they like, Uh, it's only good-natured fun if it's directed against a Republican. Yes, that's the only time it's okay.
1: Correct, right? Because it didn't Bush. Maybe it was Colbert that I'm thinking of, but like Bush had Colbert out at one of them or John Stewart or something. And it was ugly. It was ugly. Like they just they Mm -hmm. didn't they didn't the the tone of the tone of Imus's was exactly what you'd expect from Imus, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and like I get the idea of a roast, right? You're taking this person who's mean, certainly with Biden, I can't believe anyone's ever saying anything to him that, that no. is questioning him. It doesn't seem like he's running uh, his his administration like he's a scared president that has any <laughs> yeah. in, input from anyone sane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you get to get knock him down a notch. I mean, like, there's something American about that, but that's not what happens unless you're a Republican. Republicans, they're just mean to them. And Democrats are like, ah, oh, <laughs> look at all the people who are dying from various problems. that's kind of the tone of it (laughs) you know it
0: really is kind of a uh uh a snobbish kind of look but you know the american people don't care it's just it is uh, you know i I was telling somebody the other day i really want the next president to have the attitude i mean and trump could pull this off i want everybody to know i'm going to destroy your property values uh, not, you know, inside the beltway. If yeah. you live in Northern Virginia or Southern Maryland, I'm going to you sell your house. You won't be able to get shoes for your house because <laughs> I'm going to go in and fire everybody. I just, I want somebody who takes this system on. Yeah. And you know, the yeah. Republicans, have you mm. seen their plan? Cause I've seen their plan when they take over, <gasps> they're going to have hearings.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna get yeah. lots, gonna lots gonna of sh- really hearings. good fundraising yeah. clips out of hearings. That's We've gonna be the highlight. Sh- hearings, if coming. if they actually win and don't blow it here in the midterms, which they, they should, really could though. They, but they, they, well, they I mean, could blow it. Yes, there's I, about a forty percent chance
0: I think that they completely blow it. <laughs> so here's the thing: <laughs> Hispanics <laughs> are Hispanics are moving away from the Democrats, yeah, yeah big like time. crazy, but they are not going to the Republicans. The Republicans have only grown with Hispanics
1: like one percent. Where are they going? Just independent? Yeah, just or like, I'm not for these guys. Yeah, mm. because I mean that might still get them the votes. But yeah. I don't think there's a there's not a huge vision that you see that I think people are excited about on uh, from the Republicans. The one thing Because they all about. have
0: cataracts.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to have vision when you it's have cataracts. It's really hard
1: to have vision. <laughs> but like it's like I think people, what What are people excited about on the right right now? And it's pushing back against things like CRT. It's pushing back against, you know, the gender stuff. It's all that sort of defense type of stuff. Now, they're mm. going, they're being more aggressive on defense, right? They're, they're putting on mm-hmm. the press rather than sitting back in a zone, which is, Glenn did not understand that reference at all. But it, it, it's one of those things where they're at least turning up the pressure a little bit here. Uh, they're just... I think that's what people are excited about. But there's no like, hey, here's how we're changing healthcare. Hey, here's how we're changing the they economy. They never do. No, there's that's not a, a lot problem. There, you know.
3: Because as much as you don't like the Democrats, you want the Republicans to give you an alternative.
0: And, and they, they never do. They never do. They, they will say we're going to push back on things. But where <laughs> is the alternative? I mean, I really want... We should put this together ourselves. Uh, I, I just really want a a president and a party who says we're going to fire a lot of people like Mm -hmm. 80 percent of this government we're just gonna fire everybody uh and we don't care what anybody says but it's time to clean this thing out and the best thing we can do is return power to the people so we're just gonna we're just gonna shut a lot of it down and we're gonna Mm. not we're not gonna do it through uh you know fiat we're not gonna just have the president do something they can reverse we're passing laws we're passing laws. And you know what? If this president doesn't sign it, fine. The laws will be all passed and ready to go. And the next president can come in and just sign away. But we have the purse strings. I would like Congress to say, you know what? We're taking our power back. CDC can't do that mm-hmm. stuff. And in fact, we're going to take it back officially. We as a Republican House and Senate are saying, no more of these bills that just say uh, the secretary's discretion. No, these are the laws. Mm-hmm. You want to change them? Got to go
1: through Congress. So you're thinking maybe like the uh, American form of government? Maybe we should return to that. Kind of like that. that. Yeah. Because yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, this, a new, weird concept. this new one's kind of fun. Yeah, I know where we just is. We just take the power that's specifically <laughs> designated in the Constitution to right. Congress. And then Congress just Congress says, hey, that power you gave me, I'm just going to give it to somebody else. We're going to transfer it to someone else because the decision making there is really like people keep calling us on it and we <laughs> lose an election it if yeah. we are responsible. It's, it's,
3: it's really just hard. too hard. Yeah, really yeah. hard. You know, the communists have it really easy because somebody just makes a decision and they move on. Mm-hmm. That's real hey, government right there.
0: By the way, speaking of that, have you heard that Putin is going in for cancer surgery?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I did hear that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Um... <laughs> Would you, if you were Putin, would you feel comfortable with being put
1: out? He doesn't even want to sit in the same room as his employees. He's like 50,000 feet away from them. You
0: trust the doc. No, the little sleepy sleep time. Don't worry. (laughs) We'll wake you right back up. I mean, that is, that's a scary thing for him. For him, that Putin's going under and could be for us. Who
1: takes over? Medvedev? I mean, Medvedev would be the. Would be the logical guy because he's so associated with Putin. He obviously was the head of the government, and you know when Putin had that uh, that difficult wink, constitutional wink, uh, yeah. d- situation uh-huh. where he couldn't run again. Right? They're like, oh, let's give it to this guy, and then when I come back in, we're gonna make it so I don't have to do this anymore. Right? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They put the they have they pointed someone new to to. Uh, to do the war planning mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. while he's out. I mean, that, it is a pretty serious yeah, issue. It's the serious. They this. said they, they'll he'll be out, and they don't know when he'll be back. To would
0: you, you take know, your chances strength?
1: though at this point with Putin? I mean, like it, yes, you could do worse, but I don't think he he's no longer. I think five years ago you might say okay, Putin's really bad, but it, at least he's a known quantity. Yeah. Like at this point, I don't even think he's can make more unstable
3: argument. now. Yeah, he's
1: unstable. He's
3: doing. And things, it might be because he's. Has nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. He's dying Could and he be. knows it and he wants to make a mark
0: before yeah. he, he goes out. Yeah. So I'm just hoping that. Dangerous. Oops, my hand slipped. Yeah. Oh, dang Too it. much gas. <laughs> oh, what happened there? I, oh, holy man. cow. All right. Inflation is substantially outpacing wage growth. Sorry. I meant to tell you, sit down first. Um, it didn't come to you as a surprise, I'm sure. As you might imagine, that sort of thing can kind of put a damper. On your budget, here's the best thing you can do. Give the people over at American Financing a call today and get a free mortgage review from their salary-based mortgage consultants. Can't stress this enough. If you have an asset that continues to appreciate at record levels your home, it's more than just a place you live. It's an investment tool as well, and you could be able to access that cash from its growth and um, get it at competitive rates. And be able to pay things down that are just bleeding you dry, like high interest credit cards. The Fed is meeting again soon. They plan to continue rate increases until they can lower inflation, which if they can do that... God bless them. American Financing is on the phone to help you with your finances right now. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Go now to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, one w- w- eight w- two three three four. 8 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Russian sanctions are about to get much, much worse. Um, It looks like Germany now has said that they will join uh, a complete uh, embargo on Russian oil that only leaves a few states left to do that in Europe. But there's something else everybody knows that oil and gas production is you know the number one uh driver of the russian economy between 50 and 60 percent of their gdp and you know so you conjure up you know visions of swarthy shirtless sweaty russians carrying around giant wrenches on their have i thought about this too much uh (laughs) opening up the the oil and closing them down however uh this is not the way it actually works Russia owns all the oil and gas fields, but they mostly are operated by Western U.S.-based companies. Oil and gas is Russian, but the extraction and refinement has been handled by Western companies using U.S., Canadian, and Scandinavian uh, workers. There are only a few companies in the world that uh, can do what they do. Uh, All three companies said that they would suspend all future projects with Russia and refuse all future contracts, but they were seeing out the existing contracts to see an orderly shutdown of the oil fields. Well, uh, that's uh, that's tens of thousands of workers who are now leaving the country. Siberia, Mongolia, the North Sea, um, those... Contracts are now ending. The wind down date is May 15th. It's fast. Uh, Yeah, they're saying now between what's happening in Europe and shutting down all of these, the ability to extract oil and to uh, refine it and ship it, that they'll very quickly go into a depression. Not a recession, but
1: a depression. They've already lost 10%. Of their GDP and they can't really make it up with India and China, which has been kind of their hope. At least that's what the, that's what analysts are saying. Yeah, it's hard to know exactly. I mean, they've said various things before. They said the ruble was going to completely collapse and it did for a while. And then it bounced back up some of the there's some uncertainty, I think, attached to this. But it's it's hard to justify, I think, if you're some Eastern European country that is sending missiles into Uh, this region to fight against the Russians to take their oil, isn't it? I mean, don't you wouldn't isn't there some moral consistency there that, you know, it may very well throw Russia into a depression, but that's not your concern, right? If you're one of these European countries that is afraid of being invaded. But as you point out, as Putin feels more desperate, as he feels more humiliated by this, if that is where where this goes, it, it could escalate even farther. The great granddaughter of Khrushchev.
0: Uh, came out over the weekend and said, we are closer now to nuclear war than we were when my great-great-grandfather was dealing with John F. Kennedy. She said this, at least at that point, both of them knew Mm -hmm. you can't fight a nuclear war. She said, I'm not getting that from either side. More in just a second. We're going to talk about your economy.
2: This is the Glenn Beck
0: I want to tell you about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar, you know, you actually have to work out, apparently. And you shouldn't eat more of these than, you know. Just because they're lower in
1: calories doesn't mean you can eat 10 of them. You know, that's you what they that, say. You do that thing where you have the the five Bilt Bar sandwich, which I don't think. It is delicious. It's a lot of different flavors. And yeah. it's very it's you really have to mash them down quite yeah. a bit. To- and it's better, too. If you use, you know, low-fat ice cream. Right. See, I don't think this is how they're designed to be used.
0: Yeah, it's really that's what they're telling me now. I guess uh, built built dot com. They are really really good. They're like candy bars, except they're like 130 calorie, four grams of sugar, four grams net carbs, seven grams of protein, 100 uh, percent real chocolate. They they are unlike any any protein or diet food you've ever had. Built dot com. Get back fifteen. Say fifteen percent now. Promo code.
1: A fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Hey, don't worry about that inflation or war or, you know, anything, food shortages or something. Because Samantha Power is on it. She's now with USAID. Here's what she said over the weekend about, you know, not having a lot of fertilizer.
4: Fertilizer shortages are real now because Russia is a big exporter of fertilizer. And even though fertilizer is not sanctioned, uh, less fertilizer is coming out of Russia. As a result we're working with countries to think about natural solutions like manure and compost and this may hasten transitions that would have been in the interest of farmers to make eventually anyway so mm. never let a crisis go to waste but we really do need this financial support uh, from wow. the congress to be able to meet emergency food needs so we don't see the cascading uh, no. deadly effects yeah. of Russia's war extend into Africa and Won't beyond. this
0: be great? Natural solutions to fertilizer which will hasten the Great Reset. Things that would be in the farmer's best interest anyway in the long term. Isn't this fantastic? We're going to take your questions on the economy. Carol Roth joins us in 60 seconds. Let you in a little secret. I don't like pain. No, don't. I know. It's a shock, isn't it? I mean, you think big strong men like Glenn Beck, he eats pain for breakfast. Actually, no. Uh-uh, don't like it. I whine a lot. That's why my wife said, will you just try this? Like, it's not going to help. I'm not going to listen to you whine anymore unless you try Relief Factor. I've tried everything. This isn't going to work. I tried it because my wife, she made me. Uh, or she wouldn't, you know, can you bring me some milk? She wouldn't have done it. So I tried it, and uh, three, four weeks later, I think it's not working. And then I get off and I stop taking relief factor and I realize, oh, yes, it is. Um, I'm going to keep taking it. And my wife drank my milk and said, <laughs> now you can get it yourself relief factor relief try it 1995 the three-week quick start developed for you get out of pain and get your life back Relieffactor.com. ReliefFactor. relief factor feel the difference Seven. all right our uh, our good friend Carol Roth uh, is here she's a recovering investment banker uh, she is also the author of the book the war on small business uh, and and um, She's, she worked across all kinds of uh, industry. She's an outsourced CCO uh, and uh, a director on public and private company boards as a strategy advisor. Welcome, Carol. How are you?
4: I am doing well, Glenn, and happy National Small Business Week to you. Yeah,
0: thank you very much. You know, um, <laughs> I never really wanted to start my own but It's not something that I was like, hey, I can't wait to do that because my dad was a small businessman, and it's really tough. I mean, I saw him struggle his whole life. Uh, and then I did it because I just didn't want to work for clowns. that didn't know what they were doing. I mean, if I want to work for that clown, might as well be me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, uh, is, is, I'm, I'm concerned that small business can't continue in a country where we are teaching our kids to be risk averse.
4: Uh, it's certainly very difficult, um, or you get the type of entrepreneurs who uh, are delusional, who think that it's easy. Uh, we all know who David Hogg is. Um, yeah. I, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, he was complaining on Twitter the other day how difficult it was. he He tried to set up an LLC. And boy, it was so difficult. And why does the government make it so hard? Oh, I hate, um, the,
0: I hate these guys. <laughs> I mean, really? Welcome to it's, the party, David.
4: Well, I know. And so, I mean, in a sense, it's almost a good thing. It's almost like we should have a training program yes. where anybody who's leaning towards socialism is required to start a small business yeah. just so they can see how difficult it is. Um, but certainly an aversion to risk. Um, you know more consolidation of power that takes away the opportunity to innovate and all of the barriers that the government has put up to make it more difficult to not only start a small business but to hire your first employee mm-hmm. and to allow a small business owner to succeed um, you know it is not a good thing for economic freedom which is one of the reasons why people come here from all over the world to try to start that business and live the american dream
0: so when the F- the fed is raising the interest rates to try to control inflation the reason why this led to an economic boom in the 80s is because at the same time the government said forget all this regulation just go out and start a business right without that part of the reagan uh plan raising interest rates while piling new regulation on that's really a killer, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I mean, if you think about the Fed's options here and what they're trying to do in terms of slowing down the economy, um, you know, given the backdrop that we have of this messed up labor market and supply chain. I mean, the only way you're really getting a slower economy. Uh, in my opinion, is if small businesses, and to some extent, big businesses, you know, just stop hiring altogether. And I think the small businesses, since they've had such a hard time hiring, you know, can't survive, or, you know, other things that make it very difficult for a small business to survive. So the well capitalized big businesses are going to be able to withstand this roller coaster, which benefited them on the front end, and they will coast through, um, you know, come out the other end, Okay, And the small businesses that have been beaten up, you know, have been closed, didn't get the relief funds and, you know, haven't been able to take advantage of that uh, free debt because they're smaller in scale are really the ones that are going to suffer from all of this. Once again, Glenn, once again.
0: Um, So I I, if I read this one more time, my head will pop. I keep (laughs) reading that the economy is I mean, people are spending money like it's there's no tomorrow. Because the average American just has so much money in their bank account. Uh, I I know that's not true. Uh, common sense will tell you that's not true. Can you please put this to bed?
4: So the average and we've talked about before average is not necessarily the median it's often dragged up by the wealthy at the top end but the average american is in better shape going into this potential recession or stagflation or whatever, whatever it is that we're, we're about to, to face and kind of in the middle of, than they have been in other re- recessions. Um, the personal saving rate is around, I think 6.2, 6.3% um, as of the end of March, which was the, the last number that came out. Now that is worse than where we were in 2019 and 2020 going in, um, you know, to the pandemic decisions, but it's not sort of horrible on a historic level. We had people pay down a lot of their credit card debt, um, you know, with the relief funds and and whatnot since they were staying home during the pandemic. Now that's starting to creep back up again. So today they are in better shape. But the trajectory, particularly with the inflation, as we know, um, is eating away at that. So I would imagine that the personal saving rate will continue to decline. We will continue to see balances increase on on their credit cards. And at some point, um, the consumer won't have that strength in their balance sheet and probably will also be making decisions to just punt certain expenditures because their core expenditures of living every single day have gone through the roof.
0: So, we had some questions come in from the audience, and I, I want to go over a couple of them. Stephen Mary wrote in. You can write in, by the way, glennbeck.com slash question. Um, I keep hearing about food shortages. Some say that famine is coming. My wife and I keep arguing back and forth. She says this is really the rest of the world and not us. Yes, food will be more expensive because of inflation, but we won't have shortages which one of us is right.
4: Um, so probably splitting that down the middle. Certainly, there is a ginormous crisis uh, across the globe. Um, we heard that clip that you played from the fantastic Samantha Power, oh, who doesn't great. seem to care that potentially you know forty to sixty five percent of the world could be food insecure or you know, face starvation because you know we don't have enough fertilizer. Um, certainly, we are in a better position. In the United States, but it depends on things going the right way. I mean, we've seen that we had you know a, a bout of avian flu that we had to contend with. You know, it depends on crop yields. It depends on our government not just doing stupid things. I mean, we we're seeing um, them pulling you know feed out of uh, you know of the farm in order to put it into gasoline so that they don't have to drill for more oil. I mean, they, they don't make the best decisions. So I wouldn't say that there isn't a possibility that we're going to have issues here, because I think there is that possibility. It just probably isn't as stark as it is in the rest of the world. That being said, um, nobody's ever been upset for being too prepared. So be prepared for that. Worst case scenario.
0: Uh, Ron in New York wrote, uh, I think my job is secure, but so did my grandfather or my great grandfather during the Great Depression. How do we know what's coming? What is the difference and how do we prepare? Is it smart for me to buy a house at this point?
4: So again, this is not financial advice, just some food for thought for you. Um, It really depends on your personal financial situation. You know, if you're somebody who's still sort of living paycheck to paycheck or building up um, your reserves, we don't know what is coming down the pike. You know. There are a lot of issues. The big thing right now geopolitically is, you know, are these stupid statements from the Biden administration going to pull us into some sort of a nuclear war? At that point, you know, all bets are off. If we're just looking at sort of the inflation picture and the recession, I think the one benefit that we do have is that we have so few people in the labor market. Now, granted, it may get many people off the sidelines as they see their 401ks, Shrinking um, and have to deal with more inflation, but if you have a job that you are secure in, you are probably in a better position. But it's always good again to to kind of think through what are your second and third options. What mm. could you do if that worst case scenario comes about? And then you know again look at sort of the risk reward on the, the the home front situation. Uh, we are underbuilt. As a nation, in terms of homes, and that is long term, probably going to support housing prices, but it doesn't mean there isn't going to be some variability in the meantime, especially with the increase um, in mortgage rates. So I would just spend a lot of time doing the little pros and cons and putting that plan together for your plan B and plan C, and you know, wish you a ton of success.
0: I remember my my parents again, small business uh, in the 70s. It was a nightmare. Because it was a lot like this. Um, yeah. Is it get. Do, do, what do you. I mean, what do you think is coming? Is it like the 1970s uh, and it just stays like this? Does, I mean, nobody knows. You know what I mean? No. Americans right. have no um, benchmark. Certainty? Yeah. Yeah. But no benchmark to go back and say it will be like this. We've never yeah, seen they, this.
4: No, it, there are just a number of factors that are all coming together, and as I said, I think that geopolitical wild card um, is the the biggest wild card right now. If, assuming that we can get that piece under control, because as I said, if that that goes off the rails, all bets are off. Here, I think the likelihood is that we see. A recession, but because of the way the recession has come about, um, and some of the other, you know, weird things that are happening in the economy, I think at least in the United States, it's probably a shallower. Recession than we have seen, um, you know, in previous periods. Um, you know, not to say that that won't cause real pain for people. It will. Um, you know, there will pe- be people probably who lose their jobs. Uh, small businesses will end up closing. But I don't think, I think that it will be shorter in duration, um, you know, than, it otherwise would have been if we didn't have some of these other structural issues going on at the same time that's fingers crossed uh but you know there are a number of factors here the, the fed between raising rates and shrinking their balance sheets the geopolitical issues and you know some of the other kind of issues that we're contending with um you know that that's just sort of a best guess right now but but we've got to stay on top of this real time because things could change really quickly
0: all right back with maura and carol roth and your phone call eight 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 seven two 727 beck every day it seems like things go from bad to worse on the inflation front and if you're not prepared for it uh, to go even higher or sky high gas prices and food shortages you're not paying enough uh, attention as carol said it is always good to be prepared for the worst case scenario May I suggest you go to preparewithglenn.com, preparewithglenn.com. You're going to be able to save $150 on a three-month emergency food kit. And My Patriot Supply is the largest preparedness company in the world, Uh, a longtime sponsor of this program, and their food kit is very popular, as you can imagine right now. Make sure you get one for each person in your family. You'll be glad you did if food shortages really do um, rear their ugly head. PrepareWickLen.com. Go there now. Order will ship fast and arrive in an unmarked box for your privacy. That's preparewicklen.com. Preparewicklen.com. Don't wait for the world to get worse. Hope and work so it gets better, but prepare for the worst at preparewicklen.com. 10 seconds, station ID. <music> Eight eight seven two seven B E C K is the phone number. Jen in Texas, welcome to the Glenn Beck program.
4: Glenn, thank you
2: for taking my call. My sure. question is: um, just recently, within the last
4: thirty days or so, my husband completely my husband and I completely paid off our mortgage. Wow. Was this a dumb thing to do? Because
2: yeah. now we've 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 totally we're now debt free now. But and that's a wonderful thing. But now we miss out on that tax advantage.
0: So, uh, you know, I have to tell you, being debt free is probably the best thing you could ever do. But I hear this question, Carol, from so many people. A, I don't get the tax advantage. And B, if uh, if we go into real inflation, doesn't that help me pay down a debt? I had use of dollars that are worth a lot more. I mean, they play this game. Can you answer this?
4: Yeah, so I mean it really depends on um, you know how sophisticated you are financially and how on top of things you are. I mean the reality is that for most Americans you're not going, oh well, you know on a on a real interest rate basis, this is a negative interest rate on my house <laughs> and I'm really glad I have this capital to do these other things. I never think it's a bad thing to get rid of your debt because that's just money that's going out the window. And unless you have some other great investment that is replacing that same kind of return. um, And right now, like, I'm just not sure where you're getting that. Um, You know, we're having that the stock market is in turmoil. You certainly aren't getting that in your bank accounts. So, you know, now you have it in that asset. You don't have to worry about it. You're not putting that, you know, extra money out um, each month. And then on the tax benefit side, I mean, you go again, I'm not a tax accountant, but you know, they've changed a lot of the rules. Like I'm, you're not getting that much of a benefit the same way that you used to. They put a lot of caps around these things. Um, so you know certainly talk to your tax accountant. But you know, from my perspective for just kind of the average person who's trying to do the right thing, getting out of debt is a phenomenal, phenomenal move. And again, unless unless you've got some other amazing investment that you know is going to return you more than what it is you're paying on your debt, net, net, you've won.
0: Thank you so much, Jen. I appreciate it. Um, That is the hard thing to, I think, for people to figure out or to really understand how it's not that prices are going up. It's that your dollar is losing value and that causes people to raise prices because their dollar doesn't go as far to buy all of the things that they need to buy, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, if you have a business, you have all of your vendors who are have higher wages, higher costs of inputs, so that means whatever it is that they're selling to you is higher in cost, you're contending with higher wages and higher operating costs, and you put all those together, and all of a sudden, your profit margins, which in most industries you know, aren't that big, sometimes they're in the single digits, um, You know, starts to erode. And so you say, well, I, either I have to pass this on. To the consumer, or in some cases, they shrink the product that they're offering, called shrinkflation. You know, the the pizza that you get that oh. you know used to be huge, you know, all of a sudden kind of looks like it's half the size. Um, or they end up going out of business. There are only so many different levers that can be pulled, um, and that's you know that's how it ends up seeping through the economy, and it you know it's it's why it ends up impacting all of us and being a permanent tax
0: carol roth she is the author of the war on small business um you can ask her anything uh that you want you can you can follow her on her website at carol roth.com or carol j s roth um uh, on twitter but you can ask any questions and we'll have her on again to answer questions at Glenbeck.com slash question Glenbeck.com slash question carol thank you so much we'll talk to you again
4: Always a pleasure. Have a great week.
0: God bless.
1: The Glenn Back Program. It is the final days before Mother's Day, and that means time is running out for you to get the perfect gifts for those special women in your life. GenuCell has got you covered. Right now, you can save up to 60% on all GenuCell products across their website, including their brand-new ultra-retinol cream. And during the uh, limited uh, Mother's Time uh, Mother's Day sale, uh, every eligible order includes GenuCell's immediate effects for results in as little as 12 hours absolutely free. GenuCell's ultra-retinol cream is powered by their proprietary MDL technology. I don't know what any of that means. All I know is that my mom and my wife like it a lot, and uh, they like when, when I get it for them. So you should get it for your mom. Uh, she'll look uh, 5, 10, 15 years younger, and this is guaranteed or your money back. So... Why not give it a shot? No risk here at all. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Right now, join GenuCell's best-in-class rewards program at checkout for an extra 10% off your order. If you go to GenuCell.com slash Beck, you get 60% off world-class skincare. GenuCell.com slash Every order automatically upgraded to free two-day shipping with concierge white club service for a limited time. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck. GenuCell.com slash Beck. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Beck.
0: Hey, don't forget, join us at Blaze TV. Just go to BlazeTV.com. Use the promo code Glenn and save right now. I mean, I don't want to be a worrywart here. So, Stu, I'm just looking to you to, you know. Sure. So, Germany said, you know, we can't we cannot outright ban uh, oil from Russia because it would destroy Germany's economy and it would destroy the economy on the continent as a whole. Mm-hmm. And um, now he's changed his mind
1: and he's saying we're going to stop all oil. They've changed their mind on quite a bit recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Their entire philosophy of foreign affairs for the past multiple decades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So nothing to see there right i mean that's no big deal it's pretty I mean, uh, pretty big deal seems like to no, me i'm i'm oh i mean i'm sorry uh, not a big deal who cares that's right way over there right that the, the thing I mean, that's happening changed... that's bad is really far away right and they they changed
0: their mind as you said on a lot of things lately and what could that mean
1: i, I don't know i certainly all good things of course You know, I believe it was the philosopher Sheryl Crow who said a change will do you good. Amen. So in the last few days,
0: uh, Russia, you know, has stopped all the gas supplies uh, as well. And then again, over the weekend, said the risk to nuclear war is very real, you know, which I like. Coming from Putin, who we found out now over the weekend does have cancer, does have to go under the knife. And he's going CPC seep for we don't know how long as they do whatever to remove the cancer from him. So you got a guy who is probably going to die, knows he's <laughs> going to die, wants to go out with a bang uh, going under the knife. There's a tad
1: bit of speculation in there. We don't that know he's that he's probably going to die. I mean, he's going to die someday, I yeah. suppose, but I, yeah. we don't know that. Th- that's not necessarily the belief here, right? The belief is this is just a minor, minor surgery. <laughs> and that, the, the, the fact that it, was, it would explain all of the actions that have occurred over the past couple of months is totally separate. Right.
0: And the fact that like, they've had like 56 visits from uh, the radiology department. Just the 56, his, though. Yeah. I mean, it's just no the big deal.
1: That's like saying you think Joe Biden is, you know, incoherent. You know, what evidence do you have other than all the evidence? You know, (laughs) it's just the constant stream of evidence. But other than that, what do you have? Okay, so um, he also uh,
0: said over the weekend that any foreign intervention in Ukraine would provoke what he called lightning fast response from Moscow. Now, I'm not sure what he deems as foreign
1: um, intervention. Um. i feel like we're pretty involved now we don't have troops theoretically on the ground in the country we don't seem to be firing these weapons ourselves we're just giving them to the people next to us who are firing them themselves in all seriousness glenn if you were how would you take this if russia was doing this to us in another country if we were in the middle of the iraq war let's say and russia is not only doing things, which we know they were involved in some of the yeah Afghanistan, uh, and, Afghanistan, yeah. And, and we know they had involvement, mm-hmm. but they weren't doing press conferences every day, bragging about how they were sending weapons to. We've we've donated ten thousand IEDs to the uh, resistance in Iraq, and they've killed all of these soldiers. It's going really well. Yeah, no, for us. it would not go well. We would not accept that. No. We would not be thrilled about it. Now, I I'm not saying that. It's insane to help. I do think it's insane to keep talking about it. I don't understand why we're announcing that we're sending the weapons. I'm kind of with you on that one. Let there be an air of mystery as to where these weapons came from. Yep. You know, we we uh, officially Israel does not have nuclear weapons. And when we're asked about that, we say, what? What are (laughs) I don't even know what weapons you're talking about? What country are you talking about? And that should be the appropriate response to this is, I'm not sure what you mean. That's what when someone asks you, are you sending weapons into Ukraine to kill Russian soldiers? You say, I don't know what you mean. Is there something going on there? So they had a
0: bloodbath this uh, weekend in Ukraine. I mean, if things did not go well for Russia again this weekend, and they are just a few days away from uh, May 9th. Yeah, which is a big day for them. Big day. Uh, that's called Victory Day. Hmm. And they don't want to have record numbers of soldiers coming home in body bags on victory day. Uh, So uh, that would be suboptimal, be suboptimal for them them and probably for us. Meanwhile, uh, the military uh, has now gotten an order. At least I shouldn't, I shouldn't say this uh, representative Kinzinger uh, said on, I don't know, ABC or whatever this weekend, something that nobody was watching That he has he's now drafted a bill and it's gone to Congress to authorize the president so he has better flexibility. Mm. Uh, Believe me, that guy hasn't been flexible in a long time. Um, (laughs) If they use weapons of mass destruction of any kind, the president has a right to go to war.
1: I totally <laughs> trust Joe Biden's judgment on yeah. in this important matter. Yeah, I don't think we should just write that check. No, and and I don't think that will happen. By the way, I, I don't think Kinsiger is is out on his own on this one for the most part. I don't. But know. it could change. I mean, I look, know. I, you know, if they actually use, which by the way, there's no evidence they're going to use chemical weapons in in no. Ukraine. I, I mean, they may. I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be stunned if Vladimir Putin Putin did it. But remember, even in Syria it they 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 did what we did right where we're doing in ukraine right now we're, they kind of stood around and backed up the syrians right. but the syrians were the ones using the chemical weapons they didn't even use them there uh now look i that's you know doesn't mean they won't do it here i would not be stunned if vladimir putin did something else crazy he's done well, many he crazy things seem in his life
0: to be losing badly
1: Yeah, and one of the things that's interesting about the structure of this war with us giving them all these weapons, which we can talk about because they've publicly announced it.
0: Oh, have you heard about the Phoenix Ghost Kamikaze drones we've sent? Yes,
1: yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, let's get that on the front page. What's interesting here is that Russia has a pretty strong military, but not as strong as maybe we believed beforehand. But it is what it is. Right? They've had a lot of their important people killed, a lot of their best soldiers killed, a lot of their weapons utilized already. They are constantly. They're, I mean, there's all sorts of rumors of them pulling people off the streets basically for this effort. So their military is getting worse as this goes on. The opposite is happening with the Ukrainian military. It's getting stronger because we keep sending them hundreds of millions of dollars of brand new shiny weapons. So their, their resistance is actually increasing in its ability to execute the war which we've seen happen over just the past week, where now targets inside of Russia, Russia inside Russian borders are being hit mm. by Ukrainians mm. with missiles and drones mm. sent to them by Western countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, on military installations, not, not targeting civilians like the Russians are doing in many places across Ukraine, but still... Again, you know, this is a this is a country who went to its people this week and said, hey, you know, Adolf Hitler was probably Jewish. (laughs) Seriously, this is what they're saying. They do not need a lot of justification to 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 do all sorts of crazy things. And they will you clearly would utilize this for their own propaganda purposes and have honestly what you would probably consider if you were completely neutral in this battle as a good argument that we are involved in this, that we are helping their soldiers die. And while I agree that they should not be able to roll over the border of Ukraine and, you know, kill tons of civilians like they're doing, uh, I can understand why the Russian people are looking at this and saying, wait a minute, we just had a special military operation going on here. And now they're hitting us inside of our borders with, with missiles and, and drones from the United States of America. It shows they want regime, regime change. Well, and, you know, we've also added
0: something really super uh, special. There's uh, now, I think, two or three countries that are like, uh, it's, I know it's Sweden and Finland who have now said, you know what, we really, we really want in on that NATO thing. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. So we got them uh, as well. So now that's going to make the Russians even more convinced. I mean, I you know, look, I think peace through strength but I also think you also have to look at your enemy. And I think our enemy is wounded
1: and uh, nuts. Absolutely nuts. Yeah. And think of that. We've talked about this a lot in the framework of Islamic extremism when it comes to humiliation. That factor. That is one of the most important Big things to Vladimir Putin and Russia. Big he, time. He, that's been his entire desire this entire time. They've been they were humiliated by what happened with the fall of the communist regime. We need to bring ourselves back, not even to communism, but back to the czar days Right, and he when if this goes the way it's going, this country they thought they could roll over and be welcomed as liberators. If it goes the way it's going, he is not going to just take it sitting down, unless he's under from cancer surgery. That's, that's the only way that happens. And man, I, I you know it, the thing that bothers me ugly, the possibilities here are ugly. Do you know what bothers me
0: is the the press whipping everybody up into a frenzy that's what i don't like there's and this is from a friendly you know conservative paper washington examiner russia is upping its world war three rhetoric vladimir putin has threatened any nation that directly intervenes in ukraine with retaliation via strategic weapons strategic meaning nuclear at the same time russian foreign minister sergey lavarov says the risks of nuclear war are now very significant Russian state media, prominent commentators this week suggested that nuclear war with the West wouldn't be too problematic because the Russians would go to heaven, whereas Westerners would just die. Um, Yet this is not the time to bow before Russian threats. Indeed, Biden must respond to Russian aggression forcefully. This moment is also shaping a message about what America and by association, what the free world will tolerate in the 21st century. If Biden wavers, he will be sacrificing the relative peace and cooperation that was hard won in World War II. So he's going on um, there. This this writer is going on. Do Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Mark Milley, like their forebears in World War II, share a willingness to stare down the threat and to win. I think this is a really important discussion, but does it feel like this is a discussion that Americans are having? No. It Uh, feels like it's happening in the ether up with the elites, and
1: we're not really engaged in it. I think a lot of people just see this as this... You know, this thing that's far over there and not really our concern, we need to be worried about what's going on here. And we do. There's a lot to worry about here. We have a completely incoherent president, a massive inflation, the border situation's out of control, CRT, uh, gender stuff. All, I mean, all of this is real and, and a big problem. When you talk about the entire human civilization and its is, is existence, this problem is right there. And especially since, you know, you never want an emergency to
0: go to waste. Yeah. The things that can be enacted and done during a massive war are staggering and you never come back from them. When you're looking at a a party that is acting as reckless as they are, not listening to the average American, not watching the poll numbers and they are just going over the cliff with our finances uh, with our dollar, with freedoms, all of these things, they, these chickens are coming home to roost.
1: And what is their plan? Yeah, it's scary because if everyone acts somewhat reasonably here, meaning like logically, you could see this escalating out of control. Each side has reason to believe the other side is acting aggressively and i remember the brianna taylor situation where she was shot was one of the black lives matter things mm. when you look at that situation in depth wh- one thing you notice is both sides acted really logically for what happened in the moment the police came to the door they had a warrant mm-hmm. to go in they believed something was going on they they go, they bang through the door the guy has a legal permit he wakes up in the middle of the night what are you going to do in that situation you're going to shoot the guy who's breaking mm-hmm. into your room yep the, the police officer gets shot. Well, of course the police officer is going to fire back into the room and then Brian Taylor gets hit. Totally logical on both sides. On both sides. Every action, except for the, maybe the idea that the warrant should have not yes. have been presented that way, but that was a decision made before right. the interaction happened. Kind of the same thing here. You know, Russia makes, I think an irrational decision in, in, in going into Ukraine, but it's setting off a bunch of series of a series of actions of people acting relatively logically for the moment that keeps escalating the situation, yes. and that's where real danger lies. All right, let me tell you about
0: Rough Greens. Lori writes in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She said, I have three very picky pugs. They're they actually lick the bottom of their bowls clean for the very first time since
1: we gave them rough greens. I did not know picky pugs existed. Really? I, I, two yeah, of them. They, they do, do not, not seem picky. They do not look picky. either. <laughs> they're in usually. But yeah. if you can if you can cross that
0: line with a picky dog, that's amazing. Yeah, they've been very active ever since. They seem extremely happy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Rough greens. Lori, thank you for writing in. If you haven't tried rough greens for your dog, you need to. It's full of probiotics, minerals, antioxidants, vitamins. You name it. If it's healthy for your dog, it's probably in rough greens. Most dogs love it and will go crazy for it, but they want to make sure by giving you a free bag of rough greens just to try on your dog. You just pay for shipping. If your dog loves it as much as Uno or the three pugs here with Lori, then you've got to start feeding your dog rough greens, putting it on top of the food. Whatever it is that you uh, feed your dog, you put rough greens on top, and they will love it, and you will see a difference in your dog. At least I have. Get the first bag free. All you pay for is shipping at Rough Greens, R U F F slash back. Rough Greens, R U F F slash back. Or call 833 Glen with two ends 33.
1: Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glenbeck.com.
0: You know, Switzerland doesn't seem like a panicky place, does it? I mean,
1: you know, it's pretty place, chill. Yeah. yeah.
0: Any place you can ski to the bank, I guess, you know, it's going to feel chill. Yeah. So uh, there's an emergency stocks boom in Switzerland going on. Uh, canned goods are in such demand uh, that there is what's called a ravioli frenzy going on in Switzerland. Chef Boyardee is making a killing right now. We'll give you all the details and so much more coming up in just a second on the Glenbeck Beck program as we continue after the top of the hour news. in post writes with the emergence of the coronavirus pandemic in 2020 a number of states made changes to their voting systems to reduce the need to vote in person those changes triggered a backlash from republicans in part because it was expected to increase turnout and in part because president donald trump was actively engaged in trying to cast mail-in ballots as suspect understanding that it was likely he would lose once those ballots were counted in the hours after the polls closed. There was a concerted effort to push back on the changes aimed both at constraining access and at triggering a legal fight that would empower state legislatures to decide election results. Trump and his allies lost most of those debates. The rules varied by state by state. The turnout was massive and Trump lost. That brings us to the new theory of how President Biden's victory somehow represents a successful effort to steal the presidency. It's been percolating for weeks, quietly being presented to state legislative bodies and in conservative media outlets. Next week, right-wing filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza will release a movie called 2,000 Mules that aims to force the theory into the spotlight. Well, Dinesh D'Souza is here to tell you all about it and to answer some of the questions that I guess they just didn't wanna ask Dinesh in the Washington Post. We go there in 60 seconds. Identity theft might sound complicated, but in some cases, all a thief needs to carry out a shopping scan is your name, email address, your mailing address, your address, and your phone number. With those details they can start an onlo- uh, online store account but they'll they'll add their own shopping information. Then when they purchase items on that account without your knowledge, guess who gets to pay for the collection notices? You do. It's everywhere and it's really easy to do and nobody can watch all, you know, watch all bank accounts, watch uh, all stores, every transaction and every business. It's not possible. But Norton and LifeLock, they have the best system out there, in my opinion, and you can join them now at LifeLock.com. If you want to save up to 25% off your first year of protection, use the promo code BECK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. Dinesh D'Souza, how
2: are you, sir? I'm doing great, thank you. Very excited about this movie, uh, which is will be seen for the first time tonight. So, uh,
0: I know so many people who have uh, seen it, I've seen it, people are talking about it. I wanted to go over with you uh, some of the things that you would hear uh, from friends that are just tired of hearing about the election being stolen on the other side, so... Um, Tell me, first of all, um, the the theory that you are uh, proposing
2: and what you found. Sure. So the the foil, the thing we're arguing against is the mantra that this was the most secure election in history. This is dogmatically asserted pretty much everywhere you look. And it's the basis for calling disputes about the election to be a big lie. It's also the basis for digital censorship. So a lot is riding on this claim. And um, I work in this film with a group group an election intelligence group that is called True the Vote. Um, And at the time when lots of charges of fraud were flying around, many of them sincerely meant, but unsubstantiated, True the Vote got a kind of a genius idea, which was, let us, test a hypothesis. And the hypothesis is that if the Democrats are going to cheat, they're going to cheat exactly where the rules changed. In other words, it's kind of like saying that there were new vulnerabilities created by the sudden mushrooming of all these mail-and-drop boxes, the mailing of not just millions, tens of millions of mail-out ballots. So if it's going to happen, it doesn't mean it did happen, but if it did happen, this is probably how it would happen. And so what True the Vote did is they bought... Um, cell phone geospatial data, which is cell phone geo-tracking, in all the key areas where the election was decided. Atlanta, Georgia, Phoenix, Arizona, Milwaukee, Detroit, Philadelphia, 10 trillion pings of cell phones. And our cell phone, Glenn, has apps that enable the exact location in a given moment of time to be known about that phone. And if you buy the cell phone data, you can track the movement of phones. By the way, this is used by law enforcement. It's used by intelligence agencies. Um, Frankly, if you walk into a mall and you get a notification saying, hey, there's a special at the Apple store, well, how'd they know you're there? They're tracking your phone. So it's this exact same technology. And what Vote did is they ran a search algorithm. And they were looking for mules. Now, what's a mule? A paid political operative hired to deliver fraudulent votes to mail in drop boxes, by the way, typically in the middle of the night, and they were looking for mules who went to 10 or more drop boxes. Now, this is key, and it's key because you might have a legitimate reason to go to two drop boxes, right? You went to one, you dropped off your ballot, you went to the second, and by mistake, you just had to tie your shoelace, and so you're found at the second location, but who has a rational reason to go to 10 or more drop boxes? So the idea is, let's try to catch the most egregious or most industrial strious mules and in these five areas that I mentioned, there are at least 2,000 mules, that's where I get the title for the movie, 2,000 mules. The actual number of mules is of course much greater, because if you look for people who went to five or more drop boxes, the number of mules increases exponentially. So that's the first line of evidence, it's geo-tracking. The second line of evidence is surveillance video, and we're talking here not about some guy in his truck you know, turning on his iPhone and capturing some guy dumping ballots, no, we're talking talking about the official surveillance video from the states themselves and what it shows and this is probably the highlight of the movie it's almost eerie you can be you're taken back to the days leading up to the election early voting election day you can see these criminals and they are criminals uh, jumping out of their car, they look to the left and right, make sure no. no one's looking, and then they start dumping these ballots into mail and drop boxes. So we've, we, in a sense, the audience can see the crime being committed. They become eyewitnesses right. to a coordinated network of illegal ballot trafficking. So
0: they, I mean, I was shocked to see, I mean, wearing gloves, they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing, and so do you, uh, just by watching.
2: Just by watching. And, you know, initially when I saw the gloves, I thought, could it be, could it be that these mules are wearing gloves because of COVID? They don't want to touch the drop box. But then this is what crushes it. You realize that the mules initially aren't wearing gloves. And then what happens is there's a big arrest in Arizona where the FBI busts some people for illegal vote dumping, ballot harvesting, and the FBI was able to find their fingerprints on multiple ballots. The moment that happened, the mules start wearing gloves. So the word goes out among these left-wing organizations that deploy the mules, wear gloves. That way you don't leave your fingerprints on the ballot. So very often when you're trying to decide whether to believe a theory, it's little details like this. You also know from seeing the movie client... People taking photos of the ballots being dropped in. Not a selfie, not sort of a I voted, but who takes photos of themselves putting in multiple ballots if not to show their employers, hey, I was there, I did the work, I need to get paid.
0: So let me just go through this. I'm quoting The Washington Post. So let's walk through this. First, the changes in the rules that were allowed, uh, that allowed the election heist, they have those in quotes. Um, they are changes that were ma- that made it easier to vote. That's at the heart of D'Souza's complaint and the Trump allies broadly. Often the allegation isn't that fraudulent ballots were cast, but just that the Democrats made it easier to vote. And that was the election theft. It's like complaining that your computer sold more widgets le- illegally because it lowered its
2: prices. That's not your case at all. That's not our case at all. What he's saying is something like this. You have a bank, and what the Democrats have done is they have made sure by filing lawsuits that the security guards get three hours off every night, and they turn off the surveillance video when they take a break, and they've told the tellers, don't be too rigorous about matching signatures. Just make sure that the scrawl is roughly similar. So now I agree with the Washington Post that that does not prove a heist. That simply proves that the bank is more vulnerable to a heist. The beauty of our movie is we don't just show the vulnerability, we actually show the heist.
0: So he says, uh, the writer, then D'Souza crosses a bright line in his allegation. He's not saying that those collecting ballots and submitting there were violating state laws. He's saying that the ballots themselves were fraudulent, that this amounted to hundreds of thousands of illegal votes. If he has evidence to this, he's cracked the voter fraud thing wide open. But there's no reason to assume he
2: does. Right. So actually, Philip Bump, the guy who wrote this article, has not seen the movie. In fact, he's, he's been begging me to give him an advance copy of the movie. I'll probably send him one today. Here's what he's saying, and it's a little bit of guesswork on his part. What he's basically saying is that there is a difference Um, What he's saying is that vote harvesting, which is essentially giving your ballot to somebody else to return it, is legal under some circumstances. And that's true. 26 or so states allow some form of vote harvesting. Now, California, which has not surprisingly the most liberal law, you can give your ballot, lend to anyone and say, hey, you return it. You drop it
0: off. And that would explain people coming. Um, You know, with a whole bunch of ballots, you know, I just collected them from everybody in the office.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Now, in the five states we're talking about, the rules are not like that. None of them allow that kind of unlimited harvesting. So in Georgia, for example, this is pretty typical. You can give your ballot to a family member or if you are in a confined facility to a caregiver, but not to anyone else. It is strictly forbidden. I can't give my ballot in Georgia to my neighbor and say, drop it off. Now, even though those laws vary a little bit from state to state, here's the crushing key point. In no state is it legal to pay anyone, let alone a mule, to go deliver a ballot. The moment that money changes hands, you have corrupted the process. So even in California, if I say to my neighbor, hey, Tom, go drop off my ballot. No problem. Hey, Tom, go drop off my ballot. And here's a hundred bucks to do it. That becomes a fraudulent vote, an illegal vote. It cannot and must not be counted.
0: I'm going to quote from the thing again. What's more, even True the Vote doesn't allege the ballots themselves were fraudulent. When the website Just the News covered the Georgia story, it noted that True the Vote was not making such a claim. When True the Vote representatives testified in front of Wisconsin Legislative Committee, the group's Catherine Engelbrecht said so publicly. I want to make it clear we're not uh, suggesting the ballots were cast were illegal ballots. What we're saying is the process was abused. It's the difference between making and selling a product legally and have someone smuggle that product into another country without your realizing it if D'Souza's film shows that the ballots were fraudulent that's a massive deal one would assume would have to quickly be presented to law enforcement but there's been no such investigation, and the, group, the uh, group whose data he's using says that's not what happened. That suggests, then, that D'Souza's claim to Cudlow is not backed up, that the 400,000 illegal votes, itself a remarkable uh, assertion of scale, were not that.
2: So I think what's going on here is that Philip Bump is um, is um, confusing the difference between a fraudulent ballot and a a ballot fraudulently cast here's what i mean um no one is claiming and true the vote is not claiming and this is the distinction they're trying to make no one is saying that the actual ballot the piece of paper is fraudulent in other words they're not saying that somebody went to a high quality copying machine and made hundreds of thousands of ballots that would that would be a fraudulent physical ballot what they are saying is that these ballots are not legal votes. And the way we know this, by the way, is you look at you look at the these nonprofit organizations. And it's worth mentioning here, by the way, that many of these so-called 501c3 organizations are strictly forbidden by law and by IRS rules from engaging in any kind of explicit electioneering. They can urge people generically to go out and vote, but the idea that they campaign or they collect votes for the Democrats or they try to advance a candidate or a party, this is strictly forbidden. So here's the question. How would 400,000 legal votes somehow end up in the hands of these far left-wing groups that would then need to hire mules to go out in the middle of the night and secretly dump them. Why would they act in that manner if these were legitimate votes, plausibly picked up, they just got them from people who said, yeah, here's my vote, you drop it off. Somehow they ended up with hundreds of thousands of these votes. Then the question becomes, why hire the mules? So, the other thing about this is, Glenn, is that this can be easily resolved, this ambiguity, if you will, by. Federal agents raiding these nonprofit centers by cops arresting the mules, and all you have to ask them is, where did you get the ballots? Who gave them to you? Where did they get them? Who paid you? Who organized this operation? Obviously, we're not law enforcement. We can't do that in the movie. That's the logical next step, but it's ridiculous to say, since we don't know where an individual ballot came from, it's kind of like if I were to show you a murder, and I'm actually showing you the murder. And then the Washington Post is like, but where did he buy the gun? Where did he get the gun? And I'm like, there are 10 gun stores that he could have gotten from any of those. They're like, yeah, but if he can't prove which gun store he went to, all he's saying is he can't show you where the ballot came from, or where, in this case, the gun came from. True, but there's an easy way to take that next step, and it's called law enforcement needs to spring into action.
0: All right, back with more with uh, Dinesh D'Souza. His new movie out uh, this week, it is called 2,000 mules, a must-see. Uh, back with him in 60 seconds. Patriot Mobile. The left is in total panic about the future of Twitter and with the government essentially creating a ministry of truth now. We're facing the greatest threat to free speech in our lifetime. And that is one reason I am proud to be in business with Patriot Mobile. When I say in business with them, I mean I have their cell service. That's what I use on my phone, and I, I actually have a phone that I never, ever use. Um, I, I got it just to support them. My wife is on Patriot Mobile. My family is on Patriot Mobile. They actually use their phones. I think it's highly overrated. But patriotmobile.com will save you a lot of money if, you are, um, if you're using cellular service. Everybody needs it, right? Why not work with a company that admires you, believes in the same things that you do, wants to be your service provider doesn't despise you in everything that they do patriot mobile get out of big cell come to patriot mobile PatriotMobile.com slash back, or you can call 972 Patriot. If you're on the phone, make sure you mention the offer code back, and you'll get free activation along with the offer code back. So do it now. PatriotMobile.com slash back, or call 972 Patriot. 10 seconds, station ID.
1: Uh, We're here with Dinesh Desuja talking about his new movie. Dinesh, I'm curious if if, because you're talking about the prosecution of real standing laws, laws that are on the books. Is there a little tiny bit of motivation here that just because the only time I can think of anybody going after any of these laws is when they came after you? And then here's a real situation where an election might be on the line and people are very worried about the integrity of the election. And, and here they don't seem to have any interest in it whatsoever.
2: One of the most fascinating questions for me is going to be what, what comes next? You know, here's this movie. And by the way, you know, in my earlier movies, I always took a certain pleasure in people standing up and applauding in the theater when the movie ended. That's not going to happen here. I predicted tonight and then Wednesday night when we do our second theatrical showing, be dead silence in the theater as people sort of take it in because we do a very careful computational math. In other words, it's not just 400,000 illegal votes. Therefore, the election was stolen. No, you have to look look at each individual state and see if the volume of fraud was large enough to have moved that state from one camp into the other camp so all of this is in the movie and it puts us into constitutionally uncharted territory because while the constitution lays out a procedure the electors vote both houses of congress affirm and ratify the president is inaugurated the constitution does not contemplate what happens if it comes out later that the guy in the white house got there because of Not not episodic, but coordinated planned fraud in the key states. It's never happened before in American history, as far as I know.
0: So so when we're looking at this, you know, the real reason because the Constitution doesn't say this, you know what we do in this case, but it it can uh, help us make sure the midterms and the next presidential election, this doesn't happen. Where do we stand on any of that, Dinesh?
2: Well, I think that the voter integrity laws that some of the states have passed do contain some good things. So, for example, they strengthen voter ID requirements or so they say things like there needs to be more rigorous signature matching or you can't let a private individual, Mark Zuckerberg, come in with four hundred million dollars and essentially muscle these counties and states. Hey listen, I got a bunch of money to give you, but in order to get it you gotta put in these mail and drop boxes. The media portrayed it like the cities wanted to do it and Zuckerberg gallantly agreed to pay for it. No. He used his muscle, the financial leverage, to make these places do that. So this this all created the infrastructure for the heist. And, um, and yes, there are important things that can be done to prevent it from happening again. In a weird way, this depends on the Republican Party and the Republican mm. establishment, because if Republicans indulge in there, let's not look over there. We all want to move on. We don't want to really deal with this. We want to be the wildebeest that is eaten last by the lion. If, all that, if that's the mentality, then we are in deep trouble. But if the Republicans say, what can we do to, to prevent this? the next time there are lots of simple things that can be done one of which is just have surveillance on every mail-in dropbox
0: should be done should be done Dinesh as always thank you so much God bless you the name of the movie is 2000 Mules a must see
1: The
2: Glenn Back Program.
0: American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You can save hundreds of dollars every single month with a refi. new report came out last week saying that over a million homeowners, a million, can save over $300 a month. It's possible maybe that's you. It can't hurt to find out. Call American Financing right now. American Financing has salary-based mortgage consultants are going to do more than just look at your rate. They review the entire financial picture, finding every possible opportunity to help you save money month after month, from lowering your payment to creating more flexible terms or even helping you consolidate high-interest debt. They're saving some customers up to $1,000 a month without ever charging any kind of upfront or hidden fees. They're not in it for the bank. They're in it for you. These people admire you and want to help you they've been a sponsor of this program through thick and thin for a long time americanfinancing.net 800-906-2440
1: 800-906-2440 it's americanfinancing.net blaze tv.com slash glenn with the promo code glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to blaze tv
0: This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'm glad you're here. We're talking about uh, 2,000 Mules, where you can find out where it's playing and, uh, and, and get a ticket at
1: 2,000mules.com. 2,000mules.com. Interested to, to see. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm interested to what do you? What's your take on the idea that this should be the focus for the conversation going forward? Absolutely not. This should be the, the, like, look, and I don't mean not not meaning Dinesh's movie, obviously. I'm just saying, like, yeah, generally no. speaking, like looking back at the 2020 we election, we cannot spend
0: our time uh, doing anything other than fix the problem. Right. I, I would love a committee that is just going in, looking at it and saying this is how it has to be fixed. But that is, needs to be at the state level. You know what I mean? And, and let's say everything he found is true. Great. Let's fix it. But this should not be the 2022 election or the 2024 election. And what he's asking you for lose. here is
1: completely Reasonable. rational. Right? Like the idea that we should have drop boxes that are not monitored is insane. Uh, he's saying, look, we should have surveillance of every drop box. 100%. Yes, definitely. But like to me... There should be no drop boxes. No none. You have to hand your vote to a person in front of a camera. That has to happen with every vote cast. That is even, not a lot to ask. You, you have it staffed. You don't need to you don't need to drop off votes at 3 in the morning. It's ridiculous. Of course that's irrational. If we
0: cared, everything would be blockchain right now. If we really cared, everything, every vote would be encoded by blockchain. Mm. And then you would know it'd be assigned a number and a person and it's a blockchain and nothing can be done. Nothing can be taken out of the chain. We know absolutely positively when it was cast, who cast it. that, that is, But nobody really wants to play cleanly mm-hmm. except the American people. You know, everybody wants these margins, you know, the, get rid of gerrymandering entirely, entirely. Nobody wants to do that. You can it's very easy to do. You just break them up. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams talked about it. Do it the way Moses did stakes. You've got a uh, 300 families in an area. It's a square in that area. 300 families when it gets to be, uh, you know, 500, you break it up into another square. And then you have you have 300 families in every single square and you just keep dividing. Even if that means that's one apartment building, that's one district, that's one apartment building. Y- you would be able to uh, have much more accountability. People are, you know, if you're voting and you're in that apartment building and that's one district because there's that many families there,
1: uh, guess who's going to be running yeah. and you're going to know them. And there's a a pretty significant constitutional nerd debate over whether the House should be massively expanded. Yes. You know, because they, they keep it at the same number and just get the districts larger and larger and larger and larger, where it definitely it's seems right. like the intent at the beginning was, no, it no. needs to be small. So if there were 5,000 House members instead of 500 or 435. And that could be done okay. easily. Fine.
0: Yes, it should be. And that could be done easily online with blockchain. There's no reason why our congressmen why, why are our congressmen and our senators going to
1: Washington, D.C.? Yeah. Seriously, why are they going? There's nothing but create problems. All and kinds yet, of problems. Lots of awesome perks for the people who get the jobs. Exactly right. They go to Washington,
0: D.C. They feel all powerful and everything else. They lose touch with the common man. And they're wined and dined by, uh, you know, lobbyists. Who build their offices in that one city? Make those make those bums fly from city to city to city, district to district to district. You can't just you. I'm sorry, you got to go to the farmland in Iowa. Hmm. Sucks
1: to be you. Yeah. Oh, we don't want to do that. Oh, again, sucks to be you. And again, you make it five thousand representatives. Yeah, it makes that job even harder. Even harder. Right? Like it should be hard. Right. It should be difficult. And there's no reason with the technology
0: we have, all of this thing of the security, continuity of government. (laughs) How is that system going to? It's it's all over the country. So there's no place to blow up. Then the most important is it's really easy to say, you know what, this sucks In this community, this sucks, and we've got to do something about it. Well, I'm uh, getting a bus trip together to go to Washington, D.C. No. Hey, tomorrow after work, what do you say we all drive down? You know, it's like three miles away. Let's drive to his, his office because he or she is there.
1: Why aren't we doing that? It should be more decentralized. Yes. You know, it really that that's the way it was designed. You know, I really guess they had Washington, D.C. It was a different time as far as technology goes. And it's not to say that they can never get together there. Is it? Nobody's having the problem with Joe Biden going every weekend to his house. Yeah. Nobody
0: had a problem with uh, the president flying to Mar-a-Lago. What's the difference? What's the difference? Does he really have to be there? No, you want to have a conference call with everybody. You want to meet with somebody. OK, you can call people together to meet from time to time. But why can't you have a private? I mean, we do this with the Pentagon. Are we worried about the Pentagon being hacked into? If we are, we should we should probably yeah. double up on that security because they're hacking into it all the time. But we have systems, especially now with blockchain, we have systems that can maintain security. And
1: please, please, I I beg you to make the argument to me after forcing all of us into two years of Zoom calls that you can't do it that way. After shutting all these businesses down and not letting anyone go to the office for two years, now you're going to come to me and tell me you can't do it that way? Yes, you can. Look, it's a way to centralize power. The lifestyle of... A person who many times as a representative is not the coolest person and they maybe weren't the coolest kid in high school Mm -hmm. to be able to go to, you know, to be wined and dined by lobbyists and business people and constantly asked for things and constantly rewarded with things in Washington, D.C. as their Mr. Important, you know, look, that's tempting to anybody especially people who come oftentimes from a somewhat loserish background. So, look, I mean, you know, I understand why you'd want to keep that system going if you happen to be in Congress. I don't understand why we would allow it to keep going uh, as as the American people. And, you know, if you want to keep the agencies, which I'm not for at all. No. CDC.
0: Really? Is that has that been is has that, that done a good job lately? Uh, Wonderful. The, the, uh, the Department of Education. How, how's that going for us? How about the State Department? They were great in Afghanistan. Wasn't that great? I mean, if you want to keep them, fine. Just fire everybody. Fire everybody. (laughs) And put term limits in for people who are appointed or go take a job there. There's no reason, no reason, other than maybe a secretarial pool, which I don't think you need anymore. There's no reason that... People are get a job in the government, and then they make that their life. That should never be anybody's life. We don't need that. It only causes problems. That is why we have the deep state. These bureaucrats are there for 40 years. You can't fire them, and they just do whatever
1: they want because they grow arrogant. Yeah, I'll outlive that president, too. Uh, do you know the name Sanford Bishop Jr.? No. Neither do I. In fact, I had never said it before until mm-hmm. Friday's episode of Studios America in my entire life. And what I find interesting about that, because I was doing a thing on, on Marjorie Taylor Greene and how they're trying to get her thrown off the ballot and how this is really bad for democracy. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene or not, horrible idea to throw people off of the ballot trying to utilize the Constitution in this way that it obviously was uh, not intended. That yep. was the point. But as I was going through that, I realized Sanford Bishop Jr. has been a representative from Georgia since... I was in high school. I've been doing this job on talk radio for 20 years and have never uttered his name. God only knows what he's done in those 20, 30, 30, 20, 30 years. Something like almost 30 years now. But I mean, these people can get into office and stay there forever, forever ever they stay there until the day they die literally in many cases yeah and it's just completely ridiculous we have to come up with a, a but I mean, it's I, not just them term limits is a big deal but you're right it's it, it, it's it, the people it behind
0: the scenes be, as much as anybody It needs to be with you should be able to work for 10 years maybe eight years for the federal government
1: that's yeah. it that's it. Well, we won't get people to work good. Yeah, they then it'll look, be smaller. Then you're not going to attract people who want to go into this as a life's work. Exactly right.
0: You know what? I, like We it, can all pitch in and work together and, you know, they're having a hard time finding, you know what? Okay, I'll go. I'll go work in, you know, the State Department for four years or eight years and that's it. And, you know, it's like jury duty. I don't want professional jurors. I don't
1: want people who have learned how to milk the system. Right. You want want people who are going to see this as a a, a real period of service where they go in and they do something. And quite honestly, a pain in the ass. Yeah. I want this. Almost jury duty-ish. All these, it should be. (laughs) All of these jobs should be, oh, crap. Uh, I guess I'll do it for a few years. Jeez, I've been elected congressman. I mean, uh, Jim DeMint, when he was in the Senate, proposed a constitutional amendment for for, uh, term limits. And I want to say, if I'm remembering the details correctly, it was two terms in the Senate and three terms in, in the House. Still too long. That's 18 years. Okay, yeah, still too long. It might, be, it might have been four terms in Congress. That's the 18 to 20 years of service. And I think he got 27 votes on it when they tried to push it Park. through. And it's like, you because they know it's a gravy 20 train. 20 years? Is not enough. Now, of course, you could also be governor and you could also be president and you could also be vice president. So you could theoretically extend this even longer. But just in those two jobs, 20 years was basically laughed out of the building. Laughed out of the building. Because
0: those people who are are in Congress for more than they're all three. Yeah. They're all in it and they see, wait a minute, look at how much money these guys have made. I can't wait to get to the top of the gravy train. Everybody's shooting for their time to be like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Everybody's waiting for their chance to be the first one to put the slop on their plate. It's
1: disgusting. And I give credit to people like Pat Toomey, by uh, for example, who's a senator from Pennsylvania, who's leaving, who's saying, OK, I'm all done. And he's leaving. He's proposed term limits while he was in the Senate And now he's leaving because he's done. And, you know, it makes the seat a little more vulnerable, maybe. But you know what? This is how it should be. You should be making these decisions not based on personality. You should be making these decisions based on, uh, you know, the control of the power of the people who are manipulating the government. When they're there too long, this is what they do. Yes. And the minute they say,
0: you know what? (laughs) I mean, if I don't do it, who else is going to do it? That's the sign they've been there too long. Get them out. Get them out. When they think they're the only ones that can do it. No, you just don't understand. Get them out. No, I had to compromise because if I compromise on this one, then I can get them out. All right, back in just a second. So Fortune this week uh, reported that global energy prices are set to soar over 50% this year. The largest commodity shock since the 1970s. Isn't that great? Same time, uh, Nomura Holdings forecasting 50, 75, and another 75 basis point rate hikes beginning in May and continuing through July of this year. As soon as they forecasted it, if you were watching last week, the Dow and NASDAQ took a nosedive. Please listen. This is not the basket in which you want to put all of your eggs. Take some of those eggs out and diversify, please. Gold is a hedge against unfair and uncertain market turmoil. It's a hedge against insanity. It's a hedge against inflation. And the place to get gold or silver is Goldline. A small number of $5 Indian head gold coins were ever minted. Even fewer still exist in the graded, authenticated condition. Ask Goldline about the mint state of sixty-two five-dollar gold Indian Head coins. Very important grade. You can also how you ask how you can get a free half-ounce platinum coin and a free two-ounce silver Maple Flex bar with the purchases of two boxes of Indians. Don't wait. Call them now. Please do your homework now. Goldline.com. Goldline.com. 866-GOLDLINE. The
1: Glenn Back Program.
0: This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let's play cut one here. This is the chairman of the Democratic National Committee. Once you win a big election like we did in 2020, people think, well, everything's going to work out yeah. well, and we now we can rest a little bit. But folks have to understand that we can't pause. Saving democracy is not something that you can just take a vacation from. Yeah. You think about the Republican Party right now. This is a party that
1: is built on fear. It's built on fraud, and and I would like to say it is also fascism. Yeah. Uh, they are tinkering on fascism yeah. right now in the Republican tinkering Party. And so the Democratic Party, That's in contrast, tinkering? Tiffany, has to be a party that That's is about
0: hope. Tearing. It's about aspirations. It's about providing safety and security. Yeah. Stuff, safety and so security dumb. which is not fascistic at all um, taken to
1: the degree of of where you we are so. really could run msnbc with a random word generator like if you, you just could. put in the word fascist and racist and sexist and homophobic and just transphobic and put them in there with a bunch of different you know pronouns and adjectives around them yeah, you, you really get, could just run the network without anybody you, you could could, automate it you could get tinkering with fascism yeah you you get tinkering on no, tinkering on, T- tinkering on, on. So we don't know if it was uh, teetering teetering on on fascism. Could be tinkling on fascism. Though could that one be. doesn't make quite as much sense. But well, I, think they get... I,
0: I have we talked have we talked to anybody with a dossier from Russia? We don't know.
1: <laughs> That's true. It
0: could be tinkling. That's true.
1: It really it makes they just make the same point every day. Over and over and over and over again, and insert the new names. I mean, we all know the truth that Ron DeSantis will be even scarier than Donald Trump. Do we not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If Donald, if if Donald Trump, Trump, Trump decides run,
0: not to run, Ron uh, Ron wa- uh, runs. Yep, absolutely, positively, he's much worse. than Much Donald worse. Trump. Much more much dangerous. worse. This much is this guy. He's he wants to just you know. Kill black people. And he's he- been
1: doing it already. We just don't have the footage of it. Ron DeSantis is worse than Donald Trump. An explainer. Like, that is going to be it, the headline it it of will five be. million thick pieces will from the left. Yeah. Ugh, it's agonizing.
2: This is the Glenn Back program.